Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to this special guest edition of the Nun Report. I'm excited to have with us today a guy I think I share some things in common with, given that we both live in extremely liberal states here on the left coast, Oregon and Washington. Uh, we both endeavor to expose the truth and the lunacy of the left. We have a great love for America, the Constitution, and of course, the Bill of Rights. He first came to my attention when there was the issue of the middle school girl being attacked by a trans at Hazelbrook Middle School down in Oregon. And uh, and his reporting on that from a local level kind of grabbed my attention. I realized, wow, I'm not alone up here in the Northwest. There's other guys that are, that are doing the same thing. We're going to cover a lot of ground today, so buckle up and hang on. And let's get to it. And uh, welcome from OFA Media, citizen, journalist, activist, and host of the Cold Hard Truth podcast, David Medina. David, thanks for coming on today. Look forward to talking to you. Yeah, sounds good, Dan. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a pleasure. And it's really good to know that there's someone here in the Northwest as well, especially being in Seattle. I know a lot of Seattle Patriots, but having someone that actually is is going at it like you, man, I, I really appreciate your work and what you do. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, for those that aren't familiar with you, and uh, how about a little bit about yourself, your background, story, if you will, maybe take talk a little bit about uh, OFA Media and how that came about and what it is. Sure. Well, yeah, I grew up uh, in uh, Turner, Salem, Oregon, and uh, went to college, uh, had a late start to college, played basketball at PCC at Portland Community College in Chemeketa, got uh, recruited to George Fox and ended up quitting basketball, got married that year. Um, and so I went to George Fox. I'm famously known for being thrown out of college classes for challenging professors. And if you think that these communists and Marxist professors don't exist, even at Christian colleges, uh, private Christian colleges, uh, you're wrong. They, they do. Um, they're all over academia. So um, I was famously known for being thrown out. There was a Chinese professor that I would always get into it with. And, and uh, you know, so that's how I kind of like had my calling to go to the next step. So in 2019, right after graduating college, I started a movement here in Oregon called Oregonians for Trump. Um, which took just took off. It just uh, absolutely exploded. Uh, we so what people don't understand is that uh, even though you think of Oregon, you think of Portland, you think of Eugene, uh, but there are a lot of good patriots here, man. There are a lot of good hard nosed patriots that have been through the ringer that continue to stand for our values. And so we've just tried to be. We've just tried to give them a voice, and we try to get on, ahead on on things. Um, I rebranded Oregonians for Trump to OFA Media because I wanted to fight evil on more fronts than just social media. So, you know, we do news articles, we do podcasts, and we're just starting. And we have a live show every Wednesday. Um, and then we also, you know, we do on-street content, talk, talking to Portland citizens and, and Portland wackos and, and getting their, you know, trying to challenge them a little bit and getting their getting their thoughts on things. But we just do a lot of things. I mean, we one of the things we've been really good at is what the Republican Party, which I know in Washington and Oregon are not good at, is reaching the young people. And so that's something that I made a mission of mine from the very beginning of this thing is like, how do we reach the young people? And we have successfully done that. We have successfully gotten tons of young people across Oregon and the nation to speak up, to, to speak up at their schools, to put on, you know, protests and all that kind of stuff. We also, one of the big things where we grew with OFA Media was um, we were really at the at the tip of the spear here in Oregon fighting back against the mandates, the uh, unconstitutional mandates that were going on and, you know, from 2020 to 2023-ish. Um, we put on dozens of events around here to protest uh, protesting mandates. We turned out thousands in front of the Capitol. I mean, it was, it was, and I'm talking Democrats, Republicans, everybody. So that's where we kind of blew up. We have the largest media presence here. 
uh, of any conservative kind of group. And um, that needs to change, by the way, because that's another thing is is there's not enough of those in Washington and Oregon. And so we're always looking, um, we're always seeing how we can help out other groups and help more of these groups stand up because we can't do this alone, Dan. We have to, we have to, you know, get more people to stand up, speak up, start their own thing, start their own social media pages. And so that's where we stand right now. Um, personal real quick about me more, a little bit more about me personally. Um, so I, I have been working in politics for four years. I, um, I used to work for a Trump advisor, one of Trump's advisors in his first, uh, first year of his, of his term. Um, got to pick his brain a lot um, and, and get to learn a lot. I used to work for PragerU. And so now I'm just here back in my home state, uh, just trying to do good, man, trying to trying to push truth, bring truth to light. And uh, uh, grateful for guys like you, man, who are also fighting in, in these crazy, crazy cities. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, just supporting each other and, and sticking together. So um, I like that. You know, we, we're doing you, you got it. The, the Republican Party in Washington, Oregon has been something. Uh, although we do have a new chair up here in Jim Walsh and um, he, he's an America first patriot. He, he's from a, a district that he flipped. It used to be a Democrat. He flipped a conservative. Uh, he's still serving in Congress up here as well as being the Washington state chair. I've had him on the show. And um, and so we're hopefully starting to get in the right direction where the the state Republican uh, you know committee and, and can can support the America first candidates like Joe Kent that we have up here. Um, so we're going to cover what's been happening, you know, current events, Middle East, the border and that sort of thing. But I want to get an update from you on, on what brought you to my attention. And that was, uh, and for those that don't know the background, for those that missed it, if you were sleeping under a rock, um, it, we seem to have a habit in Washington, Oregon of making national headlines for all the wrong reasons. And, uh, so the young girl was attacked by another student on campus. This was a middle school. And the, the other student happened to be trans, uh, known for being kind of a bully around the school, from what I understand. So there's a little backstory. But uh, but before we let you comment on that, because I know you were involved, and I, I believe you spoke with her mother, too, on your show. Um, let's take a look at the video for those who haven't seen it. disgusting so that was pretty violent um and i mean when i first saw it i was uh i'm like what what has what has happened here um you jumped right on it you're from that area i think you even knew some of the people that, that were involved with the school there right yeah so you know i just want to just tell people real quick this is this is the this, this is this is the beginning of the end result of too many people being quiet, too many people worried about their jobs, worried about their circle of friends. This is where your country is headed right here. I just want to, Dan, I just want to point that out because I don't think a yeah. lot of people understand how bad it's getting, especially people that live in conservative counties, even here in our states, but also that live in conservative areas across America. They don't, they don't understand how bad it's really getting. You just saw a little taste of it. Our schools around here are out of control. And just imagine if that was your daughter. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I'd be in jail right now, Dan. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's... It's insane. So yeah, so when that happened, um, so the 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 video was initially posted by a parent from from Hazelbrook, and then I saw it from Riley Gaines, and then I made a reel about it, 
and um, just to get it more exposure because this is just unacceptable. And a mom actually knew the mom of that of that student, a mom that follows OFA Media, and reached out to me and said, "Hey, you need to help her. You need to help her out. Here's her here's her Instagram handle." So I messaged um, the mom on Instagram and said, Hey, we need to get this out here. And, um, so we had her over that night. I had some moms in the community, school board members, um, people in the community come over to my house and we prayed over her and her and her husband, who's the kid's stepfather. Um, and I said, Hey, would you be willing to do a podcast and come on and just give your reaction? If you want to see that reaction, we have a little clip of it on our, on our, um, Instagram or Facebook. Um, if you go on the, the website too, um, yep. but basically what happened was, so she hired James O'Keefe's uh, lawyer. Um, she was, uh, who was referred to her by, by somebody else. She, she hired his lawyer. I haven't heard anything since the lawyer kind of came in and said, okay, no more. We don't want this. Ep- we don't want this. Uh, your, your podcast episode is about 20 minutes. Sit down with her. Uh, we don't want it aired and nothing else aired. And so we're going to just have you hold off on, on any other clips. And so I wanted to respect that because they, I'm yep. not an attorney. He is. And I don't know their legal strategy, so I just didn't want to even mess with that. So I've pulled back, and um, I haven't heard anything since, which is kind of unfortunate because, again, I'm not an attorney, but I think these guys need to be making their media rounds two weeks ago, uh, getting this out there, and and you know I don't even know how they're raising money. So um, I guess I just I'm trusting the the attorney that he knows what he's doing and taking care of her. Was there a there was a police investigation right, and the the uh, person who was the assaulter in this case was was were, were they arrested or yeah so the the student in the in the video was actually arrested um and was referred to the juvenile justice system or juvenile justice uh correction center uh over here in i think 12 or uh, washington county and the cool thing that what your viewers don't know here in washington county so there's washington county which is right outside of multnomah county multnomah county is like portland right washington <laughs> county uh, actually has a really good da that actually prosecutes people unlike the portland da the multnomah county da um so yeah this this uh this kid was prosecuted and um, and then shortly after, there was a obviously, you know, you know, the whole playbook, right? There was a bomb threat and there was all these threats. And, and so everything to deflect from the real story and make other people victims instead of the actual victim in this in this instance. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Well, let's we can um, we can kind of use that as a segue to get to current events while we're on the topic of schools and uh, trans youth, if you will. Um, and we can we can talk about both. But I want to start by. Uh, the recent teacher strike in Portland, because you want to talk current events that just hit the streets this morning, I believe. And, um, what, what's going on down there? What, what are the teachers looking for? I, I pulled up some stats and stuff from, um, you know, about the money aspect of it and the contract aspect of it, but I, I, you're a little closer to the, to the source there. What have you got? Yeah, I don't think I have much more than you. Um, you know, when these school districts, when something like this happens, especially like this, they try to keep it as tight-lipped as possible. They don't want the truth to get out um, other than what they need to get out. I mean, we had Kevin Dahlgren, uh, our homeless activist here uh, that's done some great work for Portland. His mugshot was released yesterday. I'm pretty sure that was against Oregon law because after the 2020 riots, Oregon legislator, which was Democrat supermajority at the time, uh, conveniently passed a ban on all public mugshots um, after after all that, after Andy No exposed a lot of these rioters. Uh, yeah. but, but Kevin's mugshot was released uh, yesterday um, for some reason. But um, yeah, no, I so what I do know is that, again, you're seeing the end result of failed Democrat policies. 
And I'm not saying Republicans are perfect. Look, I'm, I'm not happy with the Republican Party either, right? I, I'm really just kind of, I'm like, kind of like you, I'm kind of just doing my own thing, calling it as I see it. And we're, let's find some good candidates along the way to, to get in, to, to elect here and see if they can fight for us and do a better job. But all your, everything you're seeing, Rick, today with the teacher strike, you're seeing the, and that's the end result of failed policies, not just on the local level, but on the federal level as well. Um, the economy is putting a lot of stress on these teachers. And we all know these teachers don't get paid a lot as it is. Um, and so this whole contract negotiation is about uh, pay raises. And so, you know, the teachers unions wants 21, wants a 21% increase and the school district is kind of like standing strong at 10%. Um, the teachers also feel stressed. I've talked to some people within the district uh, this morning that, um, you know, are, say, are are backing up these claims where they're saying, yeah, I mean, these some of these teachers don't have time to prep uh, to their curriculum or what they want to do for the day, their plan for the day for the students. So because they're just they're they're so stretched, they're stretched so thin. Portland's enrollment has declined by 17 percent since 2000. 17 2018 and for people that don't really understand enrollment numbers and everything that is so significant that's a fifth of your students in the whole the whole school district has just left the district and so obviously the mandates and the covid lockdowns and everything else contributed to that but also a lot of parents i'm talking to in this area aren't happy with the woke stuff the woke curriculum the transgender ideology being shoved down their kids throats uh, people have left people. I mean, that, that, that stuff was kind of like the icing on the cake for a lot of people who, you know, stayed here past the mandates. So enrollment numbers are down. It's causing stress on teachers. And to be honest, a lot of these teachers and the teachers union themselves have voted for this. So I, you know, you can't, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of, they kind of made their bed and they're laying in it right now. So that, that's really all I got here on the home front. Yeah. You know, and the, the, I mean, the COVID thing, that was a, big eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people, for a lot of parents, where they were able to see what was or was not going on in the classrooms. You look at, um, and yeah, you're right, people are pulling them out. They're doing it up here. To, and King County is like Multnomah County down there, where you have a mass population center around the big city in the state. And it, uh, when, when people start pulling their kids out to homeschool them or, or send them to private schools or whatever, this is why they hate the idea of school vouchers and freedom of choice for education, because they know that then they're going to have to compete on an open marketplace. But um, so check it out. Teachers down there, uh, they make a little less than up here, but anywhere from 48,000 to 94,000 per year, 94 K is the highest paid. That's based on a 192 day work year. And the thing about it is, it's based on tenure and education rather than rather than merit. Um, one of the things I really like that Vivek Ramaswamy is talking about is he's a huge proponent of teachers, well, school districts, first of all, getting their funding based on performance and teachers specifically having their pay based on the performance of their students rather than on tenure and education. What do you think of that? I mean, I 100% agree with it. And I, 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 I like Vivek Ramaswamy. I felt like I was one of the first ones that was like, hey, this guy's a rising star here. I met him back at CPAC earlier this year. Um, I met him and asked, he, he let me ask him a couple questions. This is kind of before he really blew up. Um, he had a meeting at his hotel room or at a hotel suite at CPAC. It was packed all the way out into the hall. And this guy came in and he just killed it. Um, but yeah, school choice is 
I, I mean, we're, I, I had Ed Deal. He's a representative here in Oregon, one of the good ones, one of the good Republicans here in Oregon. And he's working on legislation. Um, I don't want to reveal, I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal too much, but he's working on something that will assist with the school choice movement because we are just, we're, we're seeing our schools. I mean, we've known this for a long time, right? Our schools have been taken over by these Marxists for years. This isn't new, right? They're just kind of like, we're, we're just kind of seeing their true colors more and more today because they're not hiding anymore and they don't need to um, because they, you know, they'll keep their positions. They got the teachers unions protecting them, the multi-million dollar teachers union machines, the evil teachers union machines um, protecting them. And so they don't, they don't really, they don't need to hide their beliefs anymore. I mean, this is, uh, you know, all in the name of equality and, and everything. So school choice is more important, is, is important now more than ever before. And I'll just tell you, I mean, I'll just tell and, and to really encourage, like, to show how quiet we have been and how many people are against this. I want your viewers to understand something. There are more people against this than you think. And I know you hear that all the time and it's a cliche, but it's not. I talk to Trailblazers employees because my gym and where I work and I've coached here in this area, I know a lot of people that I've been able to be blessed enough and humbled enough to meet a lot of great people. And I'm telling you, I know about two or three Trailblazers employees that don't even have their kids in public school. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I mean, that's, that's an NBA team, right? But they can't speak up, right? These people, they can't speak up. They can't speak out against these things because then they lose their jobs and whatever. It's like, if people don't think communist communism, uh, like a soft communism is here, it, it is, it's been here. And it's, um, it, it's why we had 140,000 Republicans not come out to vote. It's one of the reasons why 140,000 people, we lost the election here in Oregon by 70,000, 70,000 votes. That's how close we were to to a Republican. I guess you can call her Republican. She's a uniparty Republican, but still a little bit better, right? A lesser of evil than the Democrat. Um, we lost by seventy thousand votes, Dan, and and yeah. hundred thousand Republicans did not turn out to vote. Yeah, the voter turnout is a big thing, man. We got to get better at the ground game, or or you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see more of the same, and and that's unfortunate. And I did about these things though. Like it's it's not just the ground game, Dan. It's like. We're, they're not the Republican parties in Oregon and Washington aren't giving us any candidates to get excited about. We had the most no. lame candidate that ran for for. And I hate saying this because I really do hold to Ronald Reagan's standards about not bad mouthing Republicans. But when they become the enemy, you have to say something. And I I don't like there's a lot of Republicans here that are like, oh, David, don't, don't 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 attack Republicans so much. No, dude, because when they're being Democrat lights, you have to say something. And we had one of the lamest candidates. That, that won the nomination between 19 other candidates in the primary. It's the only reason why she won. They split the vote for her. Um, but we had, we, had, we had the lamest candidate in 2022. And if we would have had a stronger candidate that would have got more people excited, we would have won. Yeah, you know, you know that, well, yeah, education, the public indoctrination centers. And, and then the, we have a guy up here named Joe Kent. He's running in the third district, which is, is down actually probably closer to you than, than where I live. Yeah. And um, and that guy, you know, he's a he's a patriot. He's a special forces vet. He is America first all the way. And um, and he lost by less than one percent in the last cycle because the Republican Party threw money behind um, the wrong candidate. And they're doing the same thing again this year. And, and it's well, just uh, they threw money behind. Wasn't it Heidi St. John? Yes. Yep. So see, and it's, it's sad to see because. Then you're putting you're not putting the right people back in Congress. You're just you're 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 per, per, perpetuating the problem that we have right now, right? right. 
And let me ask you about that, Dan. I want your opinion on this because with somebody that that pays attention to kind of Washington a little, you know, a lot more than I do, um, what do you think about uh, that that race last year? Because I see both sides of the argument, and I like Joe Kent. I really do. I I like him. I think he made a great congressman. But for that particular district, I mean, there were a lot of independents. There were, weren't there a lot of like 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 moderate Democrats that. Heidi St. John could have won over in the general election a lot more. Or what do you, what do you think of that? Cause I really don't know. I'm asking, I'm really asking you. I think that, um, well, I, I would say yes or no. I mean, I, I think that, um, I think that Joe's message is what we need to have. I think that you're right though. There are in, in that district, there are a lot of, uh, I, I guess you'd call them rhino or Republican lights. They're not America first conservatives and, and probably many of them would not vote for Donald Trump again. Right. And, and of course, that's Joe's platform. Is he's a Trump supporter? He's an America first uh, patriot, and and that's his thing. So you know, possibly, but when you look at how close the election really was, he lost by 065 percent yeah. right in there. I mean, it was so close. And um, you know, just a little more ground game, a little more. Uh, maybe if, if people would have, well mailed in their ballots earlier, or we would have ballot harvested better, and yeah. and the ground game would have been better. Um, you know, I, I think that would have been enough to push him over the top. See, we don't need to win by a lot. We just need to, we need to get that two percent, one and a half to two percent margin, so that it overcomes any shenanigans that the Democrats, you know, have and, and that they do every single election. That's why they win a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I appreciate you answering that. I'm sorry to, I didn't mean to turn it around on you and no, ask no, you. No, it's all good. I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't. I can't think of anybody else that would have a better answer to that than than you. I don't really talk to a lot of people in Washington. I know some. I know some people up there, but I don't. I don't really. We don't talk. We don't get into this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, our states have a lot in common, but yet we're we're also very different. We're competing for who can be crazier. I think. Um, <laughs> our, our our current back to schools, uh, and and the current public school systems and what I call uh, transmania. They seem to be tied um, to a large extent. It seems to be. Um, like the in thing to do, so to speak. And, but it's causing confusion. It's causing damage. that can last forever. Um, and, and they're perpetuating it. You know, oftentimes these things start in the school counselor's office and yeah. then they go on to an outside counselor and that outside counselor refers them to a clinic. And many times this happens in our States and anyway, up here in Washington, this can all happen without the parent ever being notified. Yep. They just passed House Bill 2002 down in here in Oregon. And um, it basically, I have a 16 year old daughter. I'm a single dad, have sole custody of her. And uh, if my kid, if she didn't know any better, uh, good thing she does. Uh, we raised her right. Uh, but uh, if she wanted to go get an abortion or wanted to go get the COVID vax, I couldn't stop her. And she can actually do it without me ever knowing. That is scary. And that tells you that if you don't think this, this, what we're dealing with right now, if you want to keep being like, oh, I don't want to be a part of politics. And I just, I don't, it's too stressful, dude, like grab your balls. Like, honestly, because your country, <laughs> your country is, is falling apart around you and you can, you can't, there's going to be a day where you're not going to be able to ignore it as much as you are now. And we, we thought that came from 2020 to 2022 when they were locking down everybody and, and, and people were losing their jobs. We thought people would wake up then, but I guess that wasn't enough, Dan, but, but down here in Oregon, we, we just passed that bill. So 15 on up, they can get any kind of medical treatment and um, they, they want your kids so bad. They want them so bad. And they, 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 they have the, they have the school, they have the institutions, right? They have the school systems, the colleges, the universities, they're building, they are training soldiers not physically, sure as hell not physically. You see some of these men in freaking Portland, holy crap. Um, 
but they're 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 training them mentally. They're they're soldiers. Your kids are being turned into soldiers that yeah. are anti-American, Marxist, hates everything, not grateful for anything. They're always pouting. They're always complaining about something. And meanwhile, our country falls apart as a result of it. And so these parents parents need to wake up and they need to really start being more hands-on with their kids. Yeah, I mean, we have that law we we have up here now. Parents, if if a if a kid doesn't feel they're being affirmed at home because they they say they're a girl when they're actually a boy, and the parent doesn't agree with that, they can leave, go to a shelter, and the shelter does not only have to not notify the parent; right. they're not allowed to notify the parent. So you have parents that are worried about their kid; they're sick to death. They're, they don't know if they're safe. They don't know where they are. They don't know if they're being human trafficked or whatever. And and the state has basically taken taken control uh, of your of your child. I mean, um, this is <laughs> this is think, insane, right? <laughs> why do you think they want to lower the vo- voting age? Everything that, that you guys we have to pay attention. Even if you are not into politics, you need to you need to tell your family that who are not into politics. You need to tell them, hey, look, you just pay attention here and there, right? Why do they want to vo- lower the voting age? Why do they want to take parents' rights away? They want your kids, man. That's not that's not being sensationalist. That is telling you the truth because their actions match that. You know, you can be a sensationalist sometimes, but when you have actual proof of these people's actions, that's not sensationalist anymore, that's reality. Reality is right now they're trying they're they're trying really hard to get your kids and it's why they are doing everything they're doing today to hold on to their power, to keep a certain guy out of office, Mr. Trump in 2024 and to and that everything is by design guys and it's everything is 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 being designed to dismantle this country and we better wake the hell up. Yeah, and it starts with, don't you think, kind of the destruction of, this is all, of course, part of the destruction of the nuclear family. They've been working on it now for decades. And the if you can tear, you know, Dan Bongino talks about this a lot. If you can if you can tear the, the child away from the parent and bring outside influence into it, you know, then you've, you, you, you start to control, um, you know, the next generation. And it's um, shootings, uh, firearm violence, 96%. Yeah. Of, of 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 gun violence is committed by f- those that had a fatherless household. I mean, these are factual statistics that they seem to just completely ignore and say, oh, no, 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 it's the gun's fault. We need to take right. away your Second Amendment right. Right. It's like a kill two birds with one stone, right? We get to take away the Second Amendment and destroy the nuclear family. And the, the, the dismantling of the nuclear family, what, what, what your viewers have to understand is, again, going back to my point about design, they are trying to just they're they're trying to take they're trying to so like i'm a christian right and i believe everything the bible says is true 100 percent. i believe that i don't know where you stand dan but that's where i stand and my bible I, says i believe that, that there's a lot of uh, demonic activity going on right now and the evil is real absolutely and you know the bible does say that in the end times that good and evil would be blurred right the lines would be blurred and that's everything the democrats and these and these far left radicals do is they they blur the lines of good and evil right no more boy and girl anymore. We're going to blur that, right? We're going to just yeah, yeah. The normalcy of that. No more, uh, you know, no more, uh, uh, you know, gun violence, right? It's not the, it's not the person. Let's not, let's not get to the root of it, which is the mental health issue. Let's attack the gun because it also attacks the, the second amendment. Everything is just blurring the lines of, of black and white. 
they want everything to be gray because then that's when they can get people more emotional and that's when they can control people more is when we can just blur everything and you know the nuclear family no more mom and dad now it's just like okay well how about just mom or how about you know eight moms how about you know non-binary dad now how about freaking you know leprechaun unicorn mom i don't know man they're just they're trying to make everything gray and that's that's the end result of it there is black and white everything in in, in this world is black and white there's truth and then there's not truth and they're trying to blur everything in between to dismantle that narrative. And it's just, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like I said, our country is paying a price for it. Getting younger and younger. I mean, they're, these kids are just trying to, I mean, they want to eat glue and play in the dirt. Some of these kids still, and they're trying to teach them about uh, whether they want to be a, a boy or a girl and that maybe right. they were assigned the wrong sex at birth and all these insane ideas that, that just the, the common sense person would say, what the hell is going on here? Um, so let's shift gears here a little bit. You're you're in Portland. I'm in Seattle. Uh, it seems like we're both living in bizarre world and trying to figure out who can be the biggest and weirdest shithole. Um, we're dealing with huge homeless issues in both of our areas, and it, it's a it is a crisis because it, it impacts not just you know the homelessness is tied in with the drug issue is tied in with the crime issue, and so. What's going on down there? I'm not like you're not as familiar with what we're doing up here politically. Um, I am not necessarily as tuned in as you might be down there. Um, what are they doing down there in Portland besides allowing open drug dens and urban camping? Um, it is such a complex issue, and I'm going to try to be as short as possible. But basically, no, I want to hear it. Yeah. So basically, the, look, I, I worked in downtown Portland for five years. I saw the homeless crisis up close. I would do my own kind of. Um, I guess my own kind of research whenever. So I worked loss prevention in downtown Portland. So imagine my job. I've had feces thrown at me. I've had a, a transgender person throw like chase me around with a needle. These are this really happened. I mean, I I went. I know what I know everything about downtown Portland. And I would always talk to these homeless people that I would usually apprehend for you know and bring them back. And I would always ask what their story is. And yes, a lot of some of them were, I, I you know were from out of town. But a lot of them were just like, you know, they they actually they choose this life because no one else is pushing them in any other direction. Right. But basically, in a nutshell, the homeless, the homeless crisis, and it, and it might be similar up in Seattle. And in fact, I think it might be because just because given the, the political leadership in both cities. But I tell this I've said this to politicians here and I've said this to um, people that are dealing with the homeless crisis on the ground. But basically, law and order. It, 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 in my opinion, this is my 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 opinion that law and order, as, as soon as law and order started getting soft in this city, um, homelessness started to increase. Um, as soon as you said they started defunding the police, as soon as they started demonizing police and you had all these nonprofit, these far leftist, radical nonprofits, ACLU is one of them tying the hands of our police officers and tying the hands of our city leaders. It also doesn't help that we have a horrible DA, right? A comrade freaking Mike, Mike Schmidt, who's just straight out of China. Um, what we have, we have people, we have our, our law enforcement here in Portland have had their hands tied for so long. A lot of them just, they just don't even touch things. They don't touch things. There's no law that when the law and order, the law and order has, has gotten so soft here and they're trying to make strides, right? And and so they tried this, they tried this um, approach, right, of rehabilitation. And you know, I understand rehabilitation needs to be part of this for these homeless people, for these people that that need help that are on these drugs. But when you pass a law like Measure One Ten, like they did here in Oregon, which legalized all hard drugs, yeah, basically decriminalized it, right? 
decriminalized it. Yes, decriminalized hard drugs here here in Portland. That's you think that's just. What do you think that's going to do? Well, it was rehabilitation. No, when you when you people have a drug problem, you think, oh, it's it's legal, it's decriminalized now. So I I guess I should just check myself into a treatment center. That's not how it works. And there's a reason why it's failed and that they're trying to roll it back. Um, so there's just been horrible policies. Police hands tied behind their back here with, with less law and order. That's why businesses are leaving Portland in record numbers. I mean, we just need new leadership. And until we get new leadership that won't bow down to these activists and these nonprofits that, um, that have, that, that basically are in their, are in their pockets, nothing's ever going to change. And so these homeless, I've seen, I've met so many homeless people that have like, I just want to, I wish I could just go get a job or whatever, but I'm just so comfortable. I'm so used to this. And so whatever. Um, but yeah, Dan, it's, it's, it's a, it gets even more complex than that, but that's basically it in a nutshell. And people, you know, people better wake up with that as well. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> I could say, yeah, so well, I want to bore people. Yeah, the the extreme commie Democrats, you know, their their policies of permissiveness and lack of consequences, they it, it pervades every area of society, starting at a very young age, and and you know we're we're seeing kind of kind of the the end result of that. Uh, we have a guy up here, Jonathan Cho. He does a lot of uh, citizen journalism up here. He's out on the streets. He kind of specializes in on the homeless scene and and does a lot of video shorts like you do, and which by the way I love. And uh, so it, it's it's good to see because people are right up there. Now, we've got up here, um, like Oregon, we've been controlled by Democrats forever. We have, it's been 38, 39 years now since we had a Republican governor. Uh, Jay Dimsley is not running again this year. Uh, so now we have an open seat. But unfortunately, I think Jay Dimsley was just stupid, whereas Ferguson, who is the attorney general up here, is actually smart and he's more dangerous. So the guy running against him is Semi Bird. I've had him on the show a couple of times. Reichert, of course, he's a rhino. He's running too, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he's more electable. I don't know. I'm going for Semi Bird. Is Lauren Culp not running anymore? Or, I mean, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, Lauren's Lauren's out. He's uh, he's he's doing. He, he went actually took a, a deputy position in a uh, forget where it is, but um, and he's kind of doing a podcast now. And he's still politically active in a in more of an activism sort of way rather than a political way, and yeah. so. Oh. But Semi Bird has a plan for the homeless that I have not heard anybody else say, and it's outside the box. I'm going to share it with you. Is that the National Guard can go anywhere in the world, and and the military can go anywhere in the world and set up a fully functional city, basically a small city, a small town that has mental health care, medical care. They can provide job training. They can provide job placement. They do this all over the world. And his proposal is outside the box. He says, let's use the Washington State National Guard. We can take federal land and we can set up small cities and we can intake people from these homeless encampments. And not only can we evaluate them, we can treat them for whatever issues they have. And then we can get them medically healthy. We can provide them shelter and food throughout this entire time. Then we can train them. And we could provide job placement. I thought I have never heard anybody come up with that idea. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm a little rad more radical than that, Dan, because I, I, like I said, when I talk to a lot of people, and I've talked to hundreds of homeless people when I was working in downtown Portland. A lot of them, they like they like being homeless. They they like that lifestyle. Um, they don't want yeah. help, and so that's why you know this. I hate to call it a rhino plan to rehabilitate and build these little cities. I just 
I, I, I think we need to, I, I think that's their way of, you know, going against what really is going to work, which is bolstering our law enforcement, making, may, uh, bringing cop. Cause I mean, I don't know about Seattle, but Portland is having trouble staffing cops. And so they're understaffed, they're stretched thin. Um, the, the real, the real solution in my opinion is to start supporting law enforcement again, stop these activists and nonprofits from tying law enforcement's hand behind the back, let them do their jobs. I obviously keep the bad cops accountable when they do bad stuff. Right. But you, you, but you can't just have their hands tied behind their back. Every time a cop makes a move, I, I've had talked to a police police officer here in Portland that has said, I'm like, sometimes I just don't even, I see something that I usually would take care of that we were supposed to take care of that. I usually mm-hmm. just like, if it's a homeless person sleeping that I get a call on, I don't even touch it because they're afraid of all the kickback or whatever. Um, we can't have that. We need our law enforcement to feel like they can do their jobs again. And I'm just going to give you one case study of a guy that I know who came on my podcast who attributes the justice system to his recovery. He has an incredible story. His name is John Swiconic. He was a junkie homeless person in Portland back in the early 2000s, obviously a very different city than it is today. And he got arrested and he was forced to get sober and he was forced to, you know, he was, he was in and out of the justice system and he was forced to get sober and forced to, you know, he was, he was incarcerated. And this guy came out after being incarcerated and sobering up being forced to, right. Um, He came out and started a tree business here in Oregon and now is a multi-millionaire. He actually lives in another state now. He used to live over here about 20 minutes from me. But this guy attributes the justice system of, of like, you know, this this tough love that they gave him. And so I, that just further backs up my what I feel like is the solution, which is we just need to empower our law enforcement again and bring back actual strict law and order to Seattle and Portland. And then we can sprinkle in some rehabilitation programs in there. But rehabilitation alone is just not the answer, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, we're down to. When I saw these numbers, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Seattle is down to 900 officers to police a city of that size 24-7. Down, that's down like 600 from pre-COVID levels. It's insane. People yeah. left. You know, we had we had the summer of love. You had the same thing down there where Antifa thugs were just running around the city creating havoc. But businesses left. I mean, they're, they're running down downtown, breaking windows. They're looting. They're up here. We had the Chaz zone where they basically took over an entire city block up on Capitol Hill and, and called it their autonomous zone. And I, I and visited the, that. Actually. Me, my, me and a friend went up to Seattle and visited that. It was one of the most <laughs> unreal things. I felt like I was in another country. It was insane bizarre right i mean it was uh, you know people hanging out in that park and and just i mean they were military militarizing themselves as well they had uh they were kind of organized for a while they're burning down police stations and that sort of thing what is that going to do for you know for morale like you said of police officers and 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 then they're required to you know police things like well, I don't know. During COVID, uh, you can't go out in public and you can't go to the beach and you can't go to the park and you can't, you know, you can't go out and get fresh air because that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah no. Um, what happened in 2020 in the riots here? And I and I attended the, the riots on several nights here in Portland. Again, it was one of the scariest. Things. I couldn't believe this was my country. And I couldn't believe this was my city that I used to work in and that I you know grew up around. And it, it was it was so surreal. It felt so third world. I can't even explain the feeling that I felt being at those riots and just observing and seeing people next to me throw fireworks and cocktails at the federal officers as they're protecting the federal courthouse. 
I just was like, what, like, what is, it was scary, man. And it, it made me, it made me think how important our work is even more and how we need to keep going. Uh, and you know, I, I was at January 6th. I don't know if you know that. Um, I had a donor of ours, um, fly me and 10 people out to go see Trump off. Right. Nobody even yeah. knew they were going to the Capitol. And we can talk about this on another podcast if you want. But, um, I was at, the, I, I went inside the Capitol on January 6th. Um, I walked inside to document yell freedom a couple times, uh, didn't fight officers. I was actually pulling dudes off of officers. I was, uh, you know, I was, people were vandalizing and I would grab a dude and say, what are you doing, man? He's like, this is our house. I'm like, exactly. So why are you vandalizing? So I mm. tried, I tried to, you know, because they like to put this narrative that it was an insurrection and that everybody was violent. No, dude, there were families of all colors there. I was there. Okay. Don't listen to these online people who just have an opinion based on what the January 6th committee showed them or what NBC shows them or these documentaries that they make so dramatic on. Dude, everybody was happy on January 6th when we were walking, when people were walking over the Capitol, they were there was Asians, there was black people, there was there was all different kinds. There were families there. And yes, a small percentage of people, and I'm talking like 1%, maybe even less, got out of hand and were fighting cops. I, you know, I don't agree with that stuff. And I said that that night. Um, but because I because I went into the Capitol, uh, the FBI decided to raid my house uh, two months later on March oh, 1st, 2021. I was coming back from CPAC. And coming off the plane, I was met by six agents who talked to me, and they, they never was never arrested or charged, even to this day. But they they pointed assault rifles at my daughter, at my 13-year-old daughter at the time. They raided the, they, these... I get so pissed because these, these guys, they raided, they raided my house when I wasn't even home and my wife wasn't home at the time. They, they, my daughter was home alone with my brother. They cuffed my brother. They, they came with 15 agents, closed off my house because I walked into the Capitol. They had no evidence that I was going to, you know, they had all my phones and everything. So, and they, they're the FBI, right? They, they know if they want to find out everything, they could literally hack into my phone and look at all my messages, right? They, they knew I wasn't dangerous. They knew that I didn't fight cops. They knew they, they if they had that evidence, I, they would have arrested me a lot sooner. But they came over and they, they raided my house. They turned everything upside down. And scared the hell out of my daughter, who's still living to this day with that trauma of that day because they banged really loud on the, my door. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, you know, we have, and I don't want to get too off topic, but um, I'm, I'm trying to show you the comparison of like how we're treated versus like, you know, um, people that actually were insurrecting the federal courthouse and the, the buildings in Seattle and set up an autonomous zone. And like, it's just, um, yeah, so that, that, that strengthened my resolve even more. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be intimidated. Even if I get arrested, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to keep fighting this. This it, it told me I was on the right track. So I forgot to mention yeah. that in my statement, by the way. That's great. You know, and you know, that's, that's why I started doing this. I mean, I started out 2020 was, um, and the whole COVID thing just really pissed me off. I, 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 yeah. I, I saw it from the very beginning. I mean, well, let me put it this way. Like the first, the first week or so I was like, nobody really knew what was happening. And, oh my God, you know, maybe this is, you know this maybe this is the plague and doomsday but it became evident very quickly for those that can think critically and can uh, do some independent research out there that that it was bullshit that yeah. that that it was complete and utter bs and everything they were feeding us and that's the one thing i i really fault trump for a lot is that he hasn't taken ownership of his mistakes during that yet and i right. wish he would because it would go a long ways i think toward uh, reassuring a lot of people that he is the right guy but that was one of the biggest mistakes he made he put his trust in the wrong people but at the same time he was being told dude two million people could die if you don't do something and um 
And then you had the little tyrants around the country, like our governors, Kate Brown down there and and uh, Jay Inslee up here that decided to use that opportunity to become their uh, little dictators for a couple of years. And um, it was it was just I did a whole show on it yesterday, so I'm not going to not going to dive into it too, too deeply. But now they want our forgiveness and grace. F you No, no. You put people out of work. You, you put you would have put us in gulags if you could. You know, you would have. Uh, it just goes on and on. You made yeah. little kids in preschool wear masks against their will. They're crying to death. You wouldn't let us go outside. You yeah. you made us eat on the freaking sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's yeah. uh, we, see now I get going when I go. Anyway, I was back in Washington D.C. earlier this year for a, a fundraising event with uh, with Matt Gates and Joe Kent, and I went to the J Six Gulag and was at there for the nightly vigil that they do. And they sing the national anthem. And, you know, sometimes there's a handful of people. Sometimes there's dozens of people. And you can see the windows where where they're all being held. Mm-hmm. And and when you sing the national anthem, they literally put wind, uh, their blankets over the windows to acknowledge that, yes, we hear you. Yes, we appreciate you. So they kind of black out the lights. And um, it was quite an experience. I, I met uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom because she's there every single night. It probably still is. Um what a tragedy. And, and yeah, when you compare it with what happened in 2020, there, yeah. there's really hardly any comparison yet. The two systems of justice kicked in, right? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you, um, I'll just preface this with, uh, you know, people want to know like how, what my agenda is and what I do. I, I really just, I try to, I try to just speak truth as much as possible. And I, I don't, I'm not a, I, I don't consider myself a MAGA person. I did love Trump as president. I think he did a lot of good things. I think he was one of our best presidents in our in my lifetime, um, by far. Um, but I don't. I agree with your assessment on his handling of COVID and the vaccines. I, I I can't believe that things were allowed under his watch. And yeah, sure, he was deferring to Fauci and stuff. But I mean, it's like, and he can chalk it up to inexperience. But he's still he's still you know saying he, the vaccine saved millions. Still is this day, and so. It's actually why I, I switched to DeSantis for a while. I was on the DeSantis train. I was actually tweeted about it. Um, I thought DeSantis was the way forward until he started his train wreck of a campaign and just kind of like it just turned me off because I'm not a MAGA person, but the way that you were going after Trump and your online people were just it killed it. And so I'll, and then they started indicting Trump. So I jumped back on because we can't have that happen. We, we, we have to take a stand. We have to. I, I really like Vivek, but we have to. Trump is so far up in the polls. We have to go all in and people need to start dropping out and just back him. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, dude, books, books will be written on how to destroy a campaign and they will <laughs> model. They will write the book about the DeSantis campaign and his social influencers that went out there and just became militant and, and just ugly. And, yeah. you know, uh, I've never DeSantis seen- could have ridden Trump's coattails into 2028 and been an eight term president like that and now his critical political career may very well be over well when i was when um before desantis even entered the race i being a political consultant and political strategist um i am working in politics i told my friends uh, my my close friends exactly the kind of campaign ron desantis needs to run if he's going to have any chance of taking a lot of the maga people and kind of being that next trump um, I, and exactly that, that campaign is you can't one, you cannot, you cannot go after the MAGA people. You cannot go after Trump. You cannot negatively, you have to thank Trump and then show why you're better. 
You know who's doing a brilliant job at this? Is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's Heck exactly yes. what I was telling. Even before Vivek started even kind of coming in the race, before he even started doing this stuff, what the, the, the strategy that Vivek, and this shows how, how smart he is, the strategy that he's using for his presidential campaign, he doesn't have Trump speaking out against him. He does nope. have some Trump influencers speak out against him, but he overall isn't being attacked like Ron DeSantis and his crew. The incompetence shown in the DeSantis campaign will, you're right, will be written in, in books for, in political poli-sci books for years to come because it is incredible how you, he had so much momentum from how he handled Florida. And I really like that. And that's why I liked him. I still like him. I don't think he, I think he blew it, but he handled the COVID mandates so brilliantly and he handled and he battled the left so brilliantly in Florida. And I don't care what any MAGA influencer says, you, we need to give Ron DeSantis credit because I remember what he was doing and the and the sure oh he had masks in the beginning every state did but he got rid of them quickly and he stood and he banned teachers and he banned teacher he banned woke stuff and like Ron DeSantis did really good things for Florida and we cannot forget that but he had so much momentum and to go after Trump like he did and enter the race like he did and like he like delayed his his announcement there's just so many mistakes it's incredible but Vivek he should have done Vivek's strategy he would have he would have probably had an even better chance and now I think Nikki Haley one of the weakest polit lamest politicians I've ever seen uh, has taken has is has overtaken him in the polls now so Ron DeSantis is not even second anymore. I know it's and and she's a you know a total neocon and the uh, you yes. um, so you've touched on a couple of things that I did want to talk about and they kind of tie together and that is uh, I'm a Trump guy all the way I plan on voting for him um, I think he's the guy that we need right now to go in there because he's not he's not ever going to have a lame duck duck period he has four years and can do whatever the hell he wants because he has, doesn't have to worry about getting reelected um, having said that. Uh, I, I've done a deep dive into Vivek and it, and it happened when people started saying he was a Soros puppet. I did all my research into that. I don't know it's Paul Soros, not George Soros. And I, I had to educate, I've done shows on it to educate people about the difference and, and that mm. no, 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 it's completely, completely a different thing. And so what if you got a scholarship from the Soros foundation? Um, uh, so uh, the Paul and Daisy Soros foundation. So, and I've read his books and I started listening to him. And one of the things that really blows me away is while I, I'm admittedly a Trump supporter and I plan on voting for him, I look at people like Vivek and the youth of our country and his ability to be able to reach the youth better than somebody like Donald Trump or, or Biden or anybody else really can because he's closer to them. He speaks their language. I mean, he's up on stage rapping. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and the, the people I saw pushing back against Vivek the most on my on my socials and everything were the only Trumpers. Yeah, they're they're like Trump or nothing. Vivek's just another you know Obama or he's this or he's that. It's like as if being well spoken, well dressed, and able to articulate your point is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a lot of red flags with Vivek, though. I mean, I will admit there. I mean, the fact that he didn't even start voting until like within the last five years. Um, the fact that, I mean, I, yeah, I, libertarian, libertarian is first time. And then, uh, then Republican. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the whole Soros thing. I mean, what his answer to that was brilliant. He said, um, 
well, why did you take that? And he said, because I'm smart. Um, who would turn who would turn that down? Uh, you know, go, uh, that money down, right? He, it, it, you know, if that came with loyalty to Soros, who knows? Um, obviously, that's a different story. But I mean, if he just took like a, from the foundation and he took a, a whatever, and and I don't I don't like Soros. I think he might be the Antichrist. Um, but no, but this was Paul Soros, George's brother. So uh, Paul Soros has been estranged from his brother pretty much ever since they left. Uh, they escaped from from, uh, from George Soros. What's that? So Vivek, Vivek, what, what did you say about Paul Soros? Sorry. Yeah. So Paul Soros is uh, George's uh, younger brother, and mm-hmm. he is completely separated from George. In fact, they've been estranged for ever since they immigrated to America, and um, he, he died in 2013. But mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, he he was the epitome of the American dream. He he couldn't afford college. He figured out a way to go through, and and then he he invented a a, a conveyor system to distribute minerals and became a massive multimillionaire. He ha- now has stuff around the entire world that basically just moves mineral minerals and, and uh, mining deposits around. But uh, yeah, nothing to do with George. And, and that that is the foundation. It's an extremely hard scholarship to get, by the way. They only uh, take like 1,300 applicants each year and only a couple hundred get get a... Uh, wow. So the, get get the, the scholarship. So it's a very stringent requirement. Yeah. Um, I wasn't I was, about it before, but I'm definitely not now. The, I mean, I didn't get into it like you did, but I, I wasn't upset just because who would turn down that kind of scholarship, especially when you're no. going to an expensive, you know, university. So, um, but you know, I mean, Donald Trump took a took a loan from Soros when he was up and coming. I mean, yeah. you can look into all these things. At the end of the day, I tell people they're like, how can we tell who's who? Well, first of all, um, if you get all your news and all your information from just straight up conspiracy theorists. Uh, you're always going to be led down a black hole. I'm just telling you right now, and it's good to question things. I, I trust me. I'm not saying you shouldn't question things. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there is a small contingent of people out there who just that's all they think. They're just, they're just straight. Everything's everything's conspiracy, and they actually actively look for something to be a conspiracy instead of just trying to find the truth in something. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people is just listen to this to the way this guy's to to someone. Listen to a way a candidate speaks. Listen to what to the points that he says. Look listen look at how. You know, pay attention to who he surrounds himself with um, and just look at these things and have discernment. You'll be able to tell. And to me, as far as I can tell, I think Vivek's fine. I mean, there are some red flags, but there's red flags with everybody else. Vivek mm-hmm. is, you know, he, he's a big one of the big things. If he really was a plant, in my opinion, you're not going to go as hard as he has against cli- climate change and call it a hoax, because that's one of that. Even like a lot of Republicans are falling down the whole climate change you know, agenda and, and scared to speak out against it. And so I don't think that someone that's a plant would come out so hard against all of those issues, including the transgender issue. And so Vivek, I mean, because that's the really hard thing to do a 180 on uh, if he ever gets elected or in office. I mean, that's a very hard thing to recover from, right? When you're going that hard on those hard and those emotion, those issues that are that emotional and that's, and that the agenda is so big. I just, I have a good feeling about Vivek, but I think 2024, unless they kill the guy, unless they imprison him, I mean, even if he still goes in prison, he can still run. But I think I think we have to rally around Trump in 2024. This is this is they, the left has gone so far, um, and we have to fight back. We cannot just lay down and go, oh, okay, I guess we're gonna get you know, you know, Chris Christie or Nikki Haley. Gosh, man, these just I, and I actually do like Chris Christie, but Nikki Haley is one of the worst politicians I've ever seen. I I, I can't stand her. I get why she's appealing to. Uh, the suburban moms and you know the the big donors and stuff because she talks well and she did kill it on, on the last debate, but gosh, she annoys the hell out of me, Dan. <laughs> I can't. Stand yeah, it. dude. No, I agree. She, there's just something about her that grates on your your teeth, and 
Um, puts down men. Any and, and that's a big thing too. Any any politi- anybody online that puts down men at the you know that that props up women at the expense of men, just like Disney likes to do. They've been doing that a lot lately. They prop up women. Okay, fine. But when it's going to be at the expense of men, that's where I have a problem. And when she says stuff like, "Oh, if you want things done uh, or said, ask a man if you want things done." Shut up, dude. Like, do you like without men this world would not be where it's at right now. You wouldn't have your interstates, you wouldn't have uh, you know, the military. Why don't you just be quiet, Nikki Haley, and focus on the points and stop being this whole like mom boss thing. It's annoying. It's yeah, annoying. dude, that was that was a that was really bizarre. Um not, not, when I, when she was saying it, I was like I was listening, I was going what did what she didn't really just say that did she um but yeah no as far as Vivek goes yeah i mean the stuff's in writing is is going to be hard to backtrack his all of his policies are are public information on his website and um but you know that that's the future possibly potentially of the america first movement is is guys like Vivek, and um i think it's short-sighted to to just say well you know only trump but we do need trump right now because he's a bull and he has gone through his learning curve and I think he's going to go in there. Um, I do worry about his safety. That's for sure. Um, because the left has shown that, I mean, they, if they don't get their way, look at what they're doing to the guy. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, but, but, uh, current events, uh, we're at war basically with Russia. We're doing it via Ukraine. We're sending a shit ton of money over there on a regular basis. And, to to a, a country that is not a democracy, to a country that does not uh, is not valuable to any sort of U.S. national security interest, right. and it's just another to me another uh, point to Trump is there were no no new wars under Trump between the U.S. directly or as a proxy war against somebody else, and yet now we've got two wars. One broke out in the Middle East. Hopefully that doesn't. Uh, expand into a larger regional conflict because that could that could get real scary real quick but um what, what do you think about the the way that we're we're funding the military industrial complex the way that we're it seems like they just these establishment people in dc they just need to have war man we've been at war for most of our history yeah, so if uh, if people you know do any kind of research on the military industrial complex and and how these people make money off of war, everything that you're seeing with Ukraine and Russia will begin to make sense. Um, and you don't need to be some crazy smart person. Just go Google, watch a couple of Rumble videos. Go go you know go research the military industrial complex. Go research the Iraq War just a little bit and just watch some videos. And you'll understand like all all different ways you can these people make war money off of war. And I will tell you when Russia invaded. Ukraine, there was nobody happier than Joe Biden and everybody else around him and everybody else, uh, you know, the Bush family, all the politicians like them that get rich off of these wars. Um, I, I will say that um, I don't agree with Russia invading Ukraine, but I understand why they did it. And again, if you just do a simple history check, you'll understand uh, if you understand the dynamics between the West and, you know, the old Soviet Union, you'd understand that there was a peace treaty. We broke our deal, man. We didn't stick up our end of the bargain and we expanded beyond the points that we said we would. Right, exactly. And so Russia felt threatened. And I think that if Trump were in office, I think um, they wouldn't have invaded. I think there would have been some kind of negotiation. Um, but they were they were afraid of Ukraine joining NATO and, and they have every right to be. If we had China 
uh, if we had BRICS expanding to Mexico and Canada, there's no way in hell America and our government would, would put up with that without taking action. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that was like through a hard war or through, a, through some kind of like CIA operation to take control of those governments. There's no way that America. So why, why should Russia, why should Russia have to deal with that? And you know what? The other thing too, just anecdotally, we all know this is just a continuation of the witch hunt that happened. I hate using that word because it's so overused, but it, it was a witch hunt, an actual witch hunt that turned out to be a actual witch hunt back in 2016 when, um, Trump took office and they spied on him and the fake dossier and that was funded by Hillary Clinton. I can't believe nobody went to jail on that. Um, but it's just a continuation of Russia, Russia, everything's Russia, everything's Russia's fault. It's just a way for these guys to blame Russia because a lot of things that Russia does, they're, they're not, you know, if people know anything about Russia right now, I, I don't agree with a lot of things Putin does. I, I don't think he's the greatest person, but a lot of the things that Russia doesn't, they're not part of that, like, you know, uh, that, that um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, the, the global, you know, the globalists, they're not part of like the NWO, they're not part of that, they, they kind of beat to their own drum. So this is just, another, it goes so deep, but this is just another way of blaming something on Russia. And, you know, it's so funny because these same people that are calling for a ceasefire in Israel and, and Gaza right now in Hamas, um, have never once called for a ceasefire between Ukraine and Russia. They've all just, oh, let's fund it, let's fund it, and let's keep throwing money and keep throwing money. We, we're not a country that has our finances in line right now to be able to keep throwing money at, at this war. We need to call for peace talks. We need to stop this. We need to make a deal with Putin to that we won't, you know, that, that Ukraine, which Ukraine already got rejected. So I don't know why it's continuing, but um, there's just so many things you can do. But when we have a freaking mummy in chief in the White House right now, that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That's asleep for 23 hours of the day. Um, you're not, you know, this is what we have. And, and Russia and China are just running rampant in the world right now. And wars are breaking out and elections have consequences, folks. They really do. And we better really get it right in 2024. Yeah. And stolen elections have even harsher consequences. Um, the, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Russia thing, dude, we're, we're arming. Well, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, when, when you go in and try to make a villain out of somebody, I mean, we made a villain out of Saddam Hussein. We got him out of Iraq, but you know what? He made, he wasn't, dude, he was a bad guy. All right. But he brought stability to that area. And he also provided a, a, uh, buffer between Iran and, you know, Iran getting, you know, crazy because you know, that they, they had their, their thing going on. Um, and so we spent 20 years there for what now, it's basically in control of Iran. And we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. For what? Now it's back in control of the Taliban. And to 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 have a policy of and Mitch McConnell says it, Biden says it, they they Schumer says it, they all say it is for as long as it takes. What kind of fucking war foreign policy or anything? What, what, what is that? It's like um, what do you have to say about Iran? don't yeah because it just fuels their narrative i mean it just fuels their narrative with uh any kind of playbook they have in store for 2024 but it feels their fuels their narrative that um and obviously it fills their pockets but it also feels the narrative of everything's russia's fault everything's not democrats fault don't look at what we're doing on the crazy stuff we're doing and the rigged elections that we're doing it's all russia's fault we got to take measures and we got to you know we got to do things like they're doing here in oregon which they hired they just recently hired an ai company to monitor all speech online here in oregon 24 7 that just happened it's all just excuses for their crazy crazy uh you know for their tyranny, man. And, um, 
they're good at that. They're good at manufacturing things and blaming instead of solving problems, they just they all they do is they let the problems exist and then they create more problems under the guise of a solution. What do you think of uh, what do you think of Mike Johnson? Uh, the one thing I like is that he uh, has tied funding for aid to Israel to a an offset in spending uh, from the Inflation Reduction Act on money toward toward the IRS. I don't think you know. Gosh, man, this may not be popular. I mean, I'm 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 pro Go for it. I'm pro Israel and I'm pro, um, you know, I'm, I'm I I believe the the Jews are God's chosen people. I am not a replacement theology kind of like anti-Jew Christian. That's not what I am. I follow what my Bible says, and that tells me Jews Jews still have a covenant with God. And so I I just want to make that clear. But I don't think we should be giving any money to Israel. They don't need our money, man. They 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 can handle these guys pretty pretty well in themselves. So again, they, it's like agreed. Okay, you know, when they send money to a country, a lot of people that don't understand politics, they, they they don't just send one big check to the country. There's a lot of different things that that are included with that, which are like money to nonprofits, money to this. There, there might they might write a bill that will like like the omnibus bill is a great example, right? It was like it included. It, it was supposed to be to uh, its main purpose was was I forgot. Help me out here. It was it had a main purpose. See, I don't even know because they. I don't even remember because they they convolute it so much <laughs> they put so many things in there um you know like in oregon where um you know they had a bill that was supposed to help the economy and then they sneak in there oh tampons in the girl in the boys bathroom in schools like mm -hmm. they like that's not like it's not just a singular thing they write a bill and there's all these little things in the bill that that money goes to so i don't think we should be giving money any any money to ukraine or to israel unless they really need it i, I think we should wait let the israelis deal with it why are we giving more money to Israel? They we they don't need it, um, and and I don't think we should be giving money, obviously, to Ukraine. But um, you know, America needs to just kind of let countries do their own thing, and then when and then get involved when there's no solution, like when Russia invaded Ukraine. You know, what are we going to do? Just sit back and just kind of let all these people die? No, let's get involved and let's call for peace talks. But they haven't done that. They just keep giving money that we don't have to Ukraine. And so, um, yeah, I don't think they should be giving money to Israel just yet. I think we should, we should just let them take care of business. And, but, um, what do I know? No, in fact, there's, there's, I mean, apparently there were peace talks in, in negotiation with Ukraine and we put the kibosh on it, uh, intentionally so that we can continue this endless conflict that it seems like we're going to be involved in. Um, yeah, dude, we don't have the money. This country has $33 trillion in debt. In just a couple of years, the interest on the debt alone will exceed our entire national defense spending. And we got to get our own house in order, cut off all of that. In fact, I would go as far as to say, cut off all foreign aid, period, and start at a zero baseline. And then they can come bring your grievances to us and we'll decide if you're worthy of getting some of our treasure or not, because, you know, we got our own issues to take care of right here right i mean absolutely and that's one of the great things about um one of the good things about having trump in office is um he understands all that better than a lot of our pol i think these politicians they understand it actually i just think they don't care and they 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 just they have agendas and um but one of the good things was trump was bringing back jobs to america he was cut he was i mean he was he was he was taking on china like no other politician has ever had no other president has ever taken on china with the tariffs and um, making sure that China was being was was staying in check with you know what they were charging manufacturers and 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 he, and he was creating incentives for businesses and and you know uh, for businesses and corporations to do business here in America and so you know not just that but he was also again there was no new wars right why why did why did Russia invade Crimea during Obama 
and then wait four years and then invade Ukraine in 20, right when Biden took office. I mean, that's not a coincidence. So when we have a strong president that actually looks out for the best interest, and that's where this America first comes from. And, you know, the left can do whatever they want to try to distort that and try to call America first is racist, America first is this. It's just not true. America first is just putting all of us, Amer all of our American needs first and what what's in the best interest of the country. And so that was that's one of the great things about having. That's why they hated Trump so much, because these people didn't get rich under his watch. These people didn't have special access to the White House. These people, uh, you know, they did they didn't have the power that they had, you know, so when tr Trump wasn't supposed to become president. And so that's why they're, you're seeing the result of that. You're seeing the swamp panic, indict him, indict, indictment, indictment, indictment. And they're, they will throw this guy in prison. I'm telling you right now, they will throw these, th this guy in prison and the Republicans in Congress better wake up. I don't think they're doing enough to help him out on, on that. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think that they are going to find something to, uh, he's definitely going to be convicted um, of, possibly multiple things and w will they withstand appeal i mean i don't know will they let him remain free while he's appealing i guess we'll see uh house arrest at mar-a-lago i guess could be a thing but they would they want him destroyed and not just him but his his entire his entire family because he represents i think a threat to their way of life and their way of existence it's disgusting really and um i don't I don't know. I mean, we just need to go all in with Trump, like you said, and do everything we can to get him elected. Platforms like ours, any way we can to spread the word and try try to, uh, you know, oppose the evil that is out there. Um, we need to do. And uh, uh, do, do you got a few more minutes? Yeah, I just got uh, probably about three, three to five more minutes, if that's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, so just real quick here. You see what's going on with the pro Hamas uh, protests that are going on on campuses across this country. And so we've talked about uh, grade schools. We've talked about middle schools. We've talked about higher education a little bit, but now more, I mean, aren't we kind of getting, we're reaping what we're sowing. You've got these people on campus who are being taught to hate America. They've been taught that now for many years, starting in, in middle school and now grade school nowadays, I, the next generation I really worry about. Yeah. Um, what, what are they thinking? They're ripping down posters of missing civilians and children that are, uh, they're not even thinking, right? They just don't know the history. They, they're, they're attached to these buzzwords like ethnic cleansing and genocide. They don't really understand the history of the Middle East and, and of the, of Israel, the land of Israel right now. They don't understand that Palestine how, these Palestinians, they're they're really just Jordanians. I mean, Palestine was hasn't even been a people mm -hmm. for more than you know. I mean, what like I mean, I can't think of the exact time, but they the the Palestinians are just Jordanians that were that were called Palestinians from one of the Arab leaders that just wanted to spite the Jews, and so they like th this land has been the Jews for a long time, and they, and they and a lot of these like anti-Jew Christians they like to talk about oh look at the bloodline of the um of the jews and a lot of these jews aren't even like actual jews and they're just like they're just like th their bloodline isn't jewish and it's just like a lot of these like and i don't want to I, I we don't have time i don't have time to like sit here and like really go into that's depth. a different show altogether. together <laughs> right. what i'm trying to say is a lot of these people just don't know their history and and you you know it is sad with when, when any kind of innocent people die and i don't like that there's innocent you know, Palestinians dying in, in Gaza right now. I don't like seeing the videos of all that. That's really sad. It hurts my heart, man. It really does. But the thing is, 
when you, as a Palestinian people, you know, I talked to a Palestinian in downtown Portland um, when I, we were doing street interviews. We talked to a Palestinian and he said, you know, Hamas is all we have. We have no one else to defend us or whatever. And I was just like, I, I think I, I don't, I just didn't buy it. But, you know, I listened to him. But a lot, what people don't understand is like, you know, Hamas is separate from Palestine. That's not true. Nope. Like, they they elect Hamas as their as their protectors as their you know as their like basically as their you know law enforcement they they the Palestinians are just as um they're they're just as accountable as Hamas is because they allow these guys they allow these guys and these guys are terrorists man when you go to a terrorist to try to to protect you you can't cry when um, they do something like they did back on October seventh by killing all those innocent people in Israel at those music festival and just uncalled for. Um, and then Israeli bite, Israel bites back. I mean, you you can't. You it's just you know. But a lot of these college students that I talk to, you know, they they have this agenda, which is like, I mean, they think Americans are are on stolen land. We're all on stolen land, and you know, we're, we we committed genocide. And these guys have no solutions. They just cry and complain. And um, we're not we're not um, you know we're we're liberators here as Americans. We're liberators. We didn't take. We you know we we conquered this land. And um, yep. I'm pretty sure that we also have um, given uh, pretty heavy reparations to, you know, the indigenous people. So I don't really know what these co- these college kids don't know what the hell they're talking about, Dan. They just they just use these buzzwords because they they're again these the, these schools and these institutions, these universities. They they train them to complain. They don't train them to uh, come up with solutions to these things or or you know. Um, you know, they, they just train them to complain and they, they, they train them to, to just whine. And, and, and that's what you get. You're getting whiny kids that just complain about everything. There, there's, there's never, you can never appease them or make them happy. They're trained this way. It's for a reason. It's all about the agenda to dismantle our country. Yeah. And it's, you, you brought up, you know, the Palestinian that you spoke with. It's funny because it was just yesterday, the day before Hamas leadership came out and said, it's not our job to protect the Palestinians. It's the UN's job. Yeah, because because they're they're refugees or something. And so it's not you're the elected government. It's not your job to to protect them. And um, so anyway, hey, man, it's been great talking with you. Yeah, if they're going to oh. talk about genocide and they're going to talk about all that stuff. The, there's been no one more persecuted in, in human history than the Jews. I mean, they've been persecuted from, you know, like like all the way from the biblical times, like from. All the way to today, through the Holocaust, through the Six Day War, I mean, they have been persecuted and persecuted, and this land was given to them a long time ago, and it's their land. And honestly, uh, they would the Palestinians would have more land if the Arabs would just stop attacking Israel. And that that's just my take on it. That might be unpopular with a lot of people, but that's just that's just how that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of based on historical fact because there is not now, nor has there ever been an actual nation state called Palestine. Um, so anyway, so let's let's make sure. It's been great having you on. Let's make sure everyone knows where they can find you. OFAmedia.org is probably the, the one place where they could link into everything else, right? So that's the most important thing. If you remember uh, about David Medina, it's just OFAmedia.org. And um, where else can they find you on Twitter? I assume Facebook, everywhere else? Yeah, at David Medina OFA on Twit on uh, X and on uh, Instagram, and uh, yeah, go to OFAmedia.org. That's kind of the one-stop shop where you can see all of our videos. You can see we also do movie reviews for families, so we'll let you know about some woke. If any kind of movie comes out with some woke stuff, we'll let you know. Um, we we just do we try to fight evil on every front, and we're a nonprofit, so we are we have our C three status is going to be pending pretty soon. We that takes a few months, but we're a nonprofit. Our our content is free for we want it to be free for everybody. Um, we have a lot of volunteers that help make this happen, um, that help me out, and so 
Um, we're a nonprofit. We, every, we want to keep our, our goal is to just bring truth to light and just keep our content free so as many people can access it as possible. So, um, yeah, we're always looking for uh, supporters. We're always looking for people who want to invest in us. I mean, we're a part-time machine. We're, we want to be a full-time machine. We want to really, really start making a big difference. We've already made dents in the state. We've already made dents in things that we've done. We've brought people to Christ through through what we're doing. We've brought people from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party. We've gotten people to wake up to the America First movement. I mean, we we I mean, what we're doing is, is so I'm so humbled by that because God is using me. He's using OFA Media. Um, and I just, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so humbled and grateful. I'm, I'm grateful to meet good people like you, Dan, you keep up the good fight up there, man. And uh, we'll definitely reconnect soon. Yeah. You know, you rock, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You've been generous with your time and, uh, and definitely want to do it again, folks, uh, David Medina, citizen journalist, activist, America first Patriot, uh, make sure to catch him at OFAmedia.org, Twitter at David Medina, OFA as well as YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. I hope that everybody watching this show has got it together enough to know how to use a search engine. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels, whether it's Spotify or Apple or whatever, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the men report. That's where you can find all the videos and all the cool stuff that we put up. And uh, Or just on the socials, uh, at the men report on all the socials, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS. Or you can just, uh, you know, go to my website, thenunreport.com. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.